We are five days away from fundamentally transforming the United States of America. You know, this Marxism-Leninism ideology is being pumped into the soft heads of, of, of at least three generations of American students. America first. You could put half of Trump supporters into what I call the basket of deplorables. Change the perception of reality of every American to such an extent that despite of the abundance of information, no one is able to come to sensible conclusions. For too long, a small group in our nation's capital has reaped the rewards of government while the people have borne the cost. The racist, sexist, homophobic, xenophobic. guys. Uh, been a long time since I've been able to do an urgent education. Um, I do have some exciting news though. I have gotten a piece of software on my computer that will allow me to um, conduct training and show slides, etc. And I developed some uh, constitutional training, mm, probably finish it earlier this year, and it just never seemed to work out where I could do a live class. And so I decided that I would go ahead and do a series through Facebook Live. And then, of course, I can put them on uh, Rumble, YouTube, as long as they don't, you know, take them down, etc. And uh, so that will be coming soon. But in the meantime, I was cleaning out my desk the other day, and I found this handy-dandy little book called the Conservative Response to the Great Reset, and this is from, um, uh, oh gosh, uh, Turning Point USA. I don't remember the guy's name, though, um, that runs that. Good grief. It just kind of escaped me here. Charlie Kirk. And um, I wanted to read some excerpts out of this because it's uh, things that I had already learned and had verified, and so I trust the information in here to be accurate. But once COVID hit, um, you know, the world, we heard a lot of language about the Great Reset. And, um, you know, you would before hear it on an occasional news broadcast or something like that, but it really began to gain momentum during the pandemic. And the Great Reset is actually a proper noun for a, what's the word, a real plan that has been put together by powerful members of the World Economic uh, Forum. And it's a, it's a very public forum but it has secret society fills now uh, fill now I'm not uh, a conspiracy theorist I'm, but what I mean by that is that only certain people elites are allowed to participate and basically they get together and strategize on how to um, guide us mere you know common people uh, in the direction they want to go 
And this is where a lot of the, you know, climate change stuff and all of that comes from. And so Charlie has done a lot of research into this. And um, I feel that it's actually um, communistic in nature. Anything that takes away the right of the people, which do not come from man, they come from God, that is the basis of the Constitution, to me is uh, dangerous. And... Um, uh, I'm going to read some parts that uh, I highlighted here, and let me see. Okay, so the first thing is the World Economic Forum's agenda. It rejects the notion that there is a God, and especially the Christian God. So if you reject the notion that there's a God, then who is going to rule? Well, it's going to be the elites because we are designed to be leaders. Actually, humans were designed to lead. They were designed to rule. They were designed to have dominion. After the fall, our nature was in a fallen state. And so that means that people that still, they want to rule, they want to have dominion. They will do it through the fallen nature and the wisdom that is earthly and demonic like James talked about. So that's where you get dictators. That's where you get people like Hitler and Pol Pot and uh, Mussolini and Stalin and, you know, all of them because they wanted dominion apart from God and they wanted to be as if they were gods. So that is a vacuum that if it's not filled with God, you then get dictators or a dictatorship. Uh, it has a hostile view of the Western civiliza civilization because it was built on the Judeo-Christian values and teachings. Um, let's see. God's natural law, as explained by Thomas Aquinas, found a secular articulation in the works of John Locke. Together, they formed the foundation for the individual rights of men codified in the United States or in the constitutions of the great Western nations, most particularly in the United States. So what that means is, again, the idea that our rights do not come from man, they come from the creator. Therefore, man cannot take them away. This makes the United States special and a singular problem for the World Economic Forum. Our Constitution is a document that created a federal government from the ground up, starting with free individuals. The states then created the federal structure, not the other way around, and individuals in turn created the states. We have constructed a government of the people, by the people, and for the people. Now, that's important. A lot of people don't understand that. Um, in July 2nd of 17... I think it was 1776. I'd have to look back in my notes. The Lee Resolution uh, legally made each state in the United States its own little sovereign country. And back then, you know, like they would call it the state of Britain or the state of Germany. And so we had the United States of America, which were at the time 13. Uh, before that, we were called colonies. So in the Lee Resolution, they um, legally made us no longer colonies of Britain and made us our own sovereign states, the people ratified that decision, okay? So we, the people, ratified both the Lee Resolution, the Declaration of Independence, which came two days later, 
And then later we ratified the Constitution uh, and the Bill of Rights, which was in uh, 1789, if I'm not mistaken. So the hierarchy of power is we the people, states, federal government. So if you picture it like an upside-down triangle, we have the most power. What's happened is a lot of misinterpretation of the Constitution, a lot of government overreach has now made it where the federal government claims that it has the most power, then the states, then the people. One of the ways they've been able to do that is by giving states subsidies for different things. So if you don't do what the federal government wants, you don't get subsidies. Okay, well, the states are doing it to the people. If you don't do what we want, you don't get money either. And uh, so it's like, you know, follow the money, right? That's where all this stuff um, ends up going bad anyway, is because of greed. It didn't take long, actually, for the federal government to start having overreach. Some of the founding fathers were um, alive when they started um, doing their power grab. And I think it was John Adams, and it was the... Um, in the Constitution, I believe, where it talks about that the, the federal government is to serve um, for the general welfare. And uh, everybody knew what that meant, but they decided to uh, use that as an opportunity to say, no, that gives us power to fund schools and fund hospitals and fund roads and fund this and fund that. The federal government was initially only uh, designed for treaties and protecting us from foreign and internal invasion. So you can imagine how far we've come from that original mandate. Everything else was to fall under the states. So um, because of how far along or how far from America has come, um, the World Economic Forum has been talking more and more about the Great Reset, and they're getting more and more bold in their language. The problem is we still have the Constitution, and there are still enough Americans that they will fight for the Constitution, and they will fight for the Bill of Rights. And so America is a problem for the World Economic Forum, and just wait till I get to uh, where they actually had it in writing. Uh, okay, so the main vision of the World Economic Forum, well, first of all, every winter, in Davos, Switzerland, they gather. It's a tiny town of about 11,000 or so. It's in the Eastern Alps, and they have a 1,000 special guests. They gather in this uh, annual meeting of the World Economic Forum. They're titans of industry and government from around the world. They hold vast amounts of power, influence, and wealth. Their background, ethnicities, and citizenship differ, but they are, quote, united in sharing the vision of a one-world government a true global communist committee community. Now, the mission state, statement now of the World Economic Forum says, the World Economic Forum is an independent international organization committed to improving the state of the world by engaging business, political, academic, and other leaders of society to shape global, regional, and industry agendas. Incorporated as a not-for-profit in 71 and headquartered in Geneva, Switzerland, the forum is tied to no political, partisan, or national interest. Now, it sounds pretty harmless, but one of the phrases that bothers me is to improve the state of the world and then also to shape global, regional, and industry agendas. So basically, they want to create strategies 
and um, ways, let's see, how would we say, uh, ways of thinking to shape society, to shape culture. And of course, if you've got the Titans, they're going to use the media. They're going to use these businesses. The woke agenda is probably one of them that they wanted to um, push. And then the vi vision statement where it says to catalyze and integrate global, regional, and industry transformation processes as a trusted partner of our mem members and constituents. So again, it sounds positive, uh, but it's of course not going to sound not positive because then we would know what they were up to. Okay, so the list of those who regularly participate uh, and have significant influence, uh, but they're not named on their site. They include Bill Gates, Justin Trudeau, and Emmanuel Macron. Vladimir Putin was actually a past young global leader uh, of uh, WEF. So they're basically the elite of the elite, okay? Now, at the epicenter of all of it is a guy named Klaus Schwab, and he is the founder of the World Economic uh, Forum. He holds several positions within it. Uh, he's no longer chairman by name, but he definitely uh, is the mastermind, right? And he's um, German, so it's a German mastermind uh, uh, in his agenda. So you can pretty much guarantee that whatever happens, they have you know, you have to get his approval, even though he may not be chairman uh, any longer. You know, I'm really concerned. Like, if you look at a lot of the things that have come into society, uh, a lot of them are from Germany. I don't know what the issue is over there, quite frankly, but you have uh, Marxism, which then sparked communism, which then sparked uh, call, uh, Stalin and murdering of millions and millions of his own people. And if you look at the death toll of communists uh, throughout the world, you know, um, Vietnam, Cambodia, China, Russia, I mean, the list is extensive. Millions and millions of people have been killed in the name of communism. Then, of course, you have Hitler. I mean, you know, he was an issue. And a lot of the um, anti-God agenda uh, seems to come out of German think tanks. So I don't know what's up, but uh, anything that, you know, comes from Germany is just kind of a suspect to me now. No offense for anybody that's German. I just don't know why um, these weird ideas that want to take away freedoms and restructure entire societies keep coming out of that country. Now, Schwab was born in Germany in 38. He's got numerous uh, degrees from prestigious universities. He founded the forum in 71. He also published the same year, the Modern Enterprise Management Mechanical Engineering. Um, it you know, sounds boring as heck, but it's actually incredibly important. He argued in it that the management of a modern enterprise must serve not only shareholders, but all stakeholders to achieve long-term growth and prosperity. Now, this is where the term, and this is where woke gain a, a foothold, woke you know, corporations, etc., is stakeholder capital, uh, capitalism, and basically it's a street name for what corporations. So you've got Bud Light, you've got Disney, you've got all of these corporations, and basically the um, stakeholders are the people that use the products or services of these companies. But legally, it is important that these companies serve their shareholders first. So these are people that have invested money through the stock market, 
um, maybe investment to, you know, start it up, et cetera. They have invested money into these companies. And so because they have this investment, their responsibility is to make sure that the shareholders make money. So by doing stupid stuff like Bud Light did, and they lost, I mean, they could even give Bud Light away for, I don't know how long, which by the way, Bill Gates bought. Um, but they, they, you know, cost their shareholders tons of money because of this stakeholder uh, capitalism. So it's not the consumer they should be concerned about. It's those that have invested money. And that's a legal fiduciary responsibility of corporations. Okay. So he's the one that really paved the way for what corporations, because if the state, uh, uh, good grief, stakeholder, the consumer raises enough fuss, then they will bow to the mob, right? And we've seen that. So they bow to the mob and then people that think it's all dumb quit, you know, they quit buying the product or service and then they cost their shareholders money. Now, Schwab is a Marxist. Um, it's very clear he's not uh, made any bones about it. And he feels that they can actually, he and the World Economic Forum can actually do Marxism correctly. The reason it's never worked is it was done incorrectly. So when you talk to someone that believes in communism, like Bernie Sanders and AOC, or when you talk to someone that thinks communism is a good idea, there's always the pride, always the hubris that, well, they didn't do it right, but we can do it better. Okay. Now, back to the little town of Davos. Okay, so what they do is they issue reports that then create an agenda. One of these reports is a risk assessment where they tell you what they think you need to worry about as a citizen of the global community. So this whole global community thing is just um, speak for uh, a one world government. God never designed nations to be one world. That's actually an antichrist system. And if you look at all of the people that have done it before, they no longer exist because God is not going to allow it um, for too long. So you've got um, Assyria, you've got Babylon, you've got Egypt, you've got uh, the Roman Empire, you have um, uh, Alexander the Great with the Greeks. And these people took over the world and um, then they no longer ruled the world. So this idea of taking over the world is actually antichrist in nature. So America is sovereign. Each state in America is sovereign. You are sovereign, okay? And God won't even violate your sovereignty. If you choose to do something that is not good for you, more than likely he'll let you do it. He'll try to warn you. He'll try to convince you you're on the wrong path. But if you decide to go ahead and do something, you're going to do it. In fact, that phrase in, um, I think it's 1 Corinthians chapter 5, where it talks about the man that was sleeping with his stepmom, I believe. He said, turn that one over to Satan. That actually um, can mean, you know, where there's a little bit of a spiritual thing going on. But it was also a euphemism for let them live in their own consequences. And thank goodness that man repented and he was able to come back into the church. So they, they, they tell you basically what to worry about. Okay. In the um, conference in 2022, here's some of the following headlines. Five reasons why eating insects can reduce climate change. Hmm. You know, they're putting more and more bugs in our food. Businesses need clearer governance to get to net zero. That's climate change. Three reasons why private equity can lead the charge on ESG strategy. So the ESG strategy is if you do not 
um, comply with the climate change agenda of these elites, then you will get penalized as a, as a business. And that means that you've got like BlackRock, et cetera, where they are invested heavily in woke companies that have high ESG ratings because of this whole global climate change agenda. It is a moneymaker, guys. It is a moneymaker. That's all it is. And so they will penalize you if you are not um, part of their their uh, group. And then rethinking global supply chains for the energy transition. Huh, energy transition. Do you know that if we quit using oil, this light right here that's made out of plastic, we wouldn't have. We would literally go back to a third world country. Um, anything made out of plastic would disappear. This pen would disappear. The chair I'm sitting in would disappear. Um, I mean, your phones. You wouldn't have phones because there's no plastic because we don't use uh, oil anymore. Okay, so these are the things that they want to do in order to diminish uh, vibrant economies so they can take over. And uh, so the uh, the purpose of this Davos report and attendant agenda is to move toward a world that the WEF predicted would be in existence by 2030. Now, when you think about predictions, there are two kinds that can be made. One kind from an outsider who's watching events unfold and tries to alert people as to what is likely to happen. The other prediction is made by an insider who is actively pulling the levers to make the prediction come true. Well, the WEF is the second kind. Back in 2016, it issued a document that made eight predictions of what the world would be like in 2030. If you visit the website, you can see them for yourself. Okay, so they publish them there. All products will have become services. There is a global price on carbon. U.S. dominance is over. We have a handful of global powers. Farewell, farewell, farewell hospital. Hello, homespital. We are eating much less meat. Today's Syrian refugees, 2030 CEOs. The values that built the West will have been tested to the breaking point, And by the 2030s, we will be ready to move humans toward the red planet. This is on their website, okay? Now, it has been modified and backdated a little bit. Uh, here is a scrubbed version that I like to give to the public. You'll own nothing and you'll be happy about it. The U.S. won't be the world's superpower. You won't die waiting for an organ donor. You'll eat less meat. A billion people will be displaced by climate change. You could be preparing to go to Mars. Western values will be tested to their breaking point and fossil fuels will be eliminated. So that's basically what they're saying in their agenda, okay? To be successful, the WEF must tear down the existing economic and social infrastructure of Western civilization. Its members know that the West, specifically America, will not easily give up their freedoms and surrender to the globalist cartel. In order to make their dreams come true, they need to break everything before they can put it back together. That is what the Great Reset is about. Break everything and put it back together. It's also a Marxist idea that out of chaos comes order. So when you have a lot of people that are doing riots that cost billions of dollars uh, and nothing's done, where bricks are delivered to street corners and people are being paid over minimum wage to riot and to destroy businesses and uh, people's homes and to harm people. They know that if there's chaos and unrest, 
They can get the people stirred up and they can begin to tear down society because Americans have it very well. So it's not enough to tell us that we don't have it well because we know that we do. And so they have to begin to tear down our society to where we become desperate and we'll just accept whatever someone tells us. Okay, um, so whether you view the pandemic as a pandemic or a pandemic, it was one of the most disrupt disruptive world events. Like no nation is going to be the same post-COVID. Daily life in London during the Battle of Britain in 1940 was more normal and free than during the lock lockdowns of the coronavirus in 2020 through 2021. So they seized upon it pretty quick. They know where they want to take the world. Again, United States stays in the way or stands in the way. So the Great Reset came to us from the same man who gave us stakeholder capitalism, and that is Klaus Schwab. And it is instructive to note that the book was published, um, which he wrote a, a literal book called The Great Reset. <laughs> um, it was published at the beginning of July 2020, only four months into the world-recognized Chinese coronavirus outbreak. The timing of the book even suggests circumstantially that deliberate forces could be behind the outbreak, to write a book three months into something of unknown origin and scope seems awfully quick and highly premature, premature to start talking about how it will change all of civilization. But of course, some people would suggest that maybe he knew it was coming. So the book is about 250 pages. It's concise. It's compre comprehensive. Boring as heck. I've got it. Its fundamental premise is that COVID-19 will have a lasting impact on the social order. Uh, Schwab notes in the introduction... By itself, the pandemic may not completely transform the world, but it is likely to accelerate many of the changes that were already taking place before it erupted, which will in turn set in motion other changes. The only certainty, the changes won't be linear and sharp discontinuities will prevail. This book is an attempt to identify and shed light on the changes ahead and to make a modest, modest contribution in terms of delineating what their more desirable form might resemble. So basically he's saying that it's going to accelerate our agenda, but there will also be bumps in the road because people are going to probably get upset with all of the nonsense that's going on. But he was saying um, the pandemic broke everything and basically we can take advantage of that and do the great reset, do the things that we've wanted to do. Uh, he also tends to avoid direct statements throughout the book. Um, instead, he uses broad and aspirational language to frame concepts, thereby aiming to lead readers almost, you know, toward his conclusions without them realizing it. Uh, and of course, they don't directly state their agenda in the book. But he says, at the very least, as we will argue, the pandemic will accelerate the systemic changes that were already apparent prior to the crisis. It might also provoke changes that would have seemed inconceivable before the pandemic struck, such as new forms of monetary policy like helicopter money, the reconsideration, recalibration of some of our social priorities, and an augmented search for the common good as a policy objective. The notion of fairness acquiring political potency, radical welfare and taxation measures, and drastic political realignment. Okay. So basically, he wants everybody to think, oh, well, we're going to make things better. Uh, whenever the government shows up and says, we're going to make things better, you need to run. If they show up to give you money, you probably need to run as well because it is uh, to buy us off, basically. Um, 
He then says the possibilities for change, the resulting new order are now unlimited and only bound by our imagination for better or worst. Um, man, it's just crazy. Uh, so he wants to draw us away from individual concepts of liberty. He doesn't want people to be sovereign. He wants people to be submissive. Okay. He also hopes that these things will be way beyond our ability to understand. Um, let's see here. Schwab um, sees humans as nothing more than material reality. They become simply an interdependent part of the whole or something to control. Okay, let's see. Um, he also introduces the third secular force, complexity, which he defines as what we find difficult to understand. He says that complex systems are often characterized by the absence of visible casual links between their elements, which makes them virtually impossible to predict. These factors, interdependence, velocity, and complexity, are all defined at the outset of the Great Reset in order to make people appreciate that we live in a very chaotic, complicated secular word, world in which God can be of no help because he does not exist. And things are simply too difficult for the average person to grasp. So let's let Schwab and the WEF handle it. So there's resets in economics, society, geopolitics, the environment, technology. The list goes on and on and on. Chapter three of it's even titled The Individual Reset. Uh, the examples of previous pandemics are not encouraging, but this time there is a fundamental difference, he writes. We are all collectively aware that without greater collaboration, we will be unable to address the global challenges that we collectively faced. Put in the simplest terms, if as human beings we do not collaborate to confront our existential challenges, the environment, the global government's freefall, among others, we are doomed. Thus, we have no choice but to summon up the better angels of our nature, which of course would be the WEF. The pandemic has forced all of us, citizens and policymakers alike, willingly or not, to enter into a philosophical debate about how to maximize the common good in the least damaging way possible. For, first and foremost, it prompted us to think more deeply what the common good really means. Common good is that which benefits society as a whole. But how do we decide collectively what is best for the community? Well, see, that's where the problem is. Man will never be able to decide what is best for another man. Because once again, we're sovereign. Those are choices we're supposed to make. Even Paul in the Bible said, oh yeah, you're free to do whatever you want. But it doesn't necessarily mean it's good for you or it's good for those that are around you. So yeah, you have freedom to do whatever. But the consequences are always going to remain. And so these people want to push their agenda on us for the common good of the people. And they then want to regulate us. And those that refuse to comply are then attacked on Twitter, aka X now, you know, fired from their positions, um, businesses harassed and shut down by governments, etc., etc., etc. So anytime you have men trying to control you, your rights are going to be taken away. That's why our founding fathers said, oh no, we need to have a government that is for the people, by the people, etc. Okay, um, now they rephrased their eight predictions. And again, they are, you'll own nothing and be happy. The U.S. won't be the world superpower. 
You won't die waiting for an organ donor. You'll eat less meat. A billion people will be displaced by climate change. You could be preparing to go to Mars. Western values will be tested to their breaking point and fossil fuels will be uh, eliminated. So that's the real agenda. They've now coached it in flower language. There are only two nations on earth that God is their source of beginning, and that is Israel and America. Is that interesting? Uh, let's see here. Uh, I like how he said the United States of America is not God's gift. It is his investment, which means that we have to make sure that we are investing in the good of our country. The formation of the United States was an investment in Americans made by God. We, in turn, have a moral fiduciary duty to guard and grow that investment. We cannot surrender God's trust into the hands of secularists. So we need to say the Bible and we need to um, take uh, action as we see the need arise. Okay, you'll own nothing and be happy. This is actually contrary to the Lord's will. Um, he wants us to own land. He never condemned the ownership of property. In fact, he encourages it. Uh, but owning private property is a firewall against godless totalitarians directing your life. Every form, now listen to this, of totalitarianism that has ever existed has taken away the rights to private property. Now, this is crazy where it says the pursuit of happiness in our declaration. That phrase, I did an urgent education on that. It's at We the Deplorables podcast. That phrase is actually referring to ownership for the founding fathers. And one of the founding fathers, it might have been John Adams, wrote on what that meant. Um, they discussed that the pursuit of happiness is ownership of land. It's ownership of property. That's considered a part of happiness. Uh, the, war, the U.S. won't be a superpower. So that is pretty obvious. Um, now, we love science and the ability to have organ donation and transplants and all of that. But one thing that occurred, and I don't remember this guy's name. I think he was at the WEF, but it might've been a different thing. I mean, he's discussing transhumanism, et cetera. Um, one of the things that he said is he's an atheist. He's, I think from India, he's considered a prophet to the secular, secular uh, elites but he said, one thing we learned with the pandemic is God has been replaced by science. You know, that trust the science, the science says this, the science says that. Science is not a dictatorship. Science has to be proven. You have an hypothesis. You do your um, experiments to see if you can prove it. And if there is multiple ways that a concept is proven, then you can say it's scientific. We learn later that six uh, feet didn't work. The masks don't work. None of the stuff that they told us works. And then the stuff they told us to stay away from actually did. Uh, like, um, you know, some of the, the medicines that people are like, yeah, they're taking horse medicine. Um, so uh, their God is science. You will eat less meat. God has given us all animals to enjoy. Um, the God of uh, climate change, it's a false God. They, again, you just need to follow the money. Um, Western values will be tested their breaking point. So this is the biggest red flag of all. And it's at the heart of WEF's project. Western values are a synonym for Judeo-Christian values. So if they remove Western values, they remove God, period. 
So that means that the worship of the one true God will be driven underground and people will be persecuted if they follow him. So I just wanted to um, go through this with you guys. Uh, we need to make sure that we vote in city and state elections. We sometimes think that the federal election is the most important, but it's not. They um, insert people, um, and they, I mean, global elite, uh, you know, George Soros, et cetera, they insert people into DA offices, mayors, uh, you know, city officials, especially depending on the size of the city. We see that with Chicago. We see that with LA. Uh, we see it with California. We see it with Justin Trudeau. Because if they can get those people in there, then they can continue their agenda. So when you're like, why would they, like, why would they not prosecute crime? Why would they allow people to just go in and steal whatever and, and cause these poor store owners so much damage? Because they want to sow as much chaos as possible. Because out of chaos comes order. That's their philosophy. They also want to break the economy. So if you have a lot of people that they can't stay in business because small businesses are the backbone of this country, 80 plus percent of the economy is small business. And so if they can break small business owners and these, you know, global elitists and these uh, corporations can get a stronghold, then America will no longer be a superpower. These are not my words. It's the WEF's words. So I just wanted to, you know, talk to you. I, I, you know, once I found out, I was a little hesitant because I'm like, you know, I just don't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist, but not all conspiracies are inaccurate. And the WEF and their global elitists have an agenda and we need to know what their agenda is. We need to vote for people that love this country, that love our state, that love our cities, that um, believe in the Judeo-Christian values. Uh, they don't have to be Christian. But they do believe in natural rights. They do believe in the Constitution. They do believe in the Bill of Rights. I personally wish we had a test for anyone that runs for office that they would know the Constitution and Bill of Rights. Like they could literally read it, tell us what's in certain things, um, understand just the overall and what their role in particular is. Um, I know with um, the city I live in, uh, there was an idea, well, if we just comply with the government's wishes, this will be over with sooner. That's a fallacy. And I refused to wear the mask. Um, if I wanted to mail something at UPS, I put it on real quick. And then before I was out the door, I ripped it off. Um, but typically, I'm like, no, I don't have to. I'm, I'm an American. I don't have to wear a mask. And I don't have to do business here either. And that was fine. So I just didn't go and do business with those people. But no one is going to tell me to do something that violates my rights and my opinions and my body is my personal property. And of course, I'm not going to go and, you know, harm people on purpose. Um, but I'm also not going to be told to wear a mask that doesn't work. And you know, another thing that's interesting when you wear a mask, people can't see you, right? So the, you're now an object. The brain sees you as an object. You want to know why people are angry and why crime escalated? Because people became objects. If you study any true crime, especially like serial killers, they do not view their victims as humans. They view them as objects. So for people that think they know what's best for us, we're merely objects to be directed as they will. Okay. All right. Well, that's it on The Great Reset Literal Book by Charles, or Charles, is it Charles? 
I don't want to say Charles Schwab. I think he's like a finance guy. Hang on. He fixed my mistake. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. It is. Hang on. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, we know it's Schwab. Okay, here we go. Klaus. Uh, Klaus Schwab. Not Charles. No offense, Charles, if you ever watch this. Of course, he's dead, but you know. All right, guys. Have a great night. Small is a new big. God is shifting from the current church structure back to his original intent and design, the ecclesia. The ecclesia is the original word that was used when Jesus was describing that he would build his church and the gates of hell would not prevail against it in Matthew 16, 18. In fact, most of the time when you see church, it's actually ecclesia. The ecclesia is his ruling government on earth made up of two or more. It's a noble or this training. Go to churchshift.me. That is churchshift.me.